We are wrapping up our series, Seek and You Will Find. Uh, we've been at this one for a while now. <clears throat> and just want to give a quick recap. There is <coughs> this underlying theme that's been kind of permeating through this whole series. And that theme really comes from, oh, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. Before I dive into this, um, I have a question for you to discuss at your tables. If you needed advice about life, where would be a bad place to go? Because I asked where a good place to go. You all, you know, you, you got that one nailed. So what would be a bad place to go if you needed advice? Take a few moments to discuss it at your table. Alrighty, that got quite a fast and furious reaction right out of the gate. Um, at each table, what is one bad spot you came up with for to get advice? Social media, and I'm not, we're not expounding. I just want you to give it because I'll explain why. But okay, social media is a bad place. Anybody else? Did they, they just take everybody's? Is that what happened there? Politicians. <laughs> I'm trying not to get canceled here, but <laughs> politicians. Anybody else? We've got social media politicians. Psych ward. <laughs> yep. And come up with that one on my own list. But that's a good. Yep. That's good. Table hiding in the back. What do you got? Local bar. Local bar. You might get some honest advice, but uh, there's Google popped up from this table as well. Google's a, a good one. Um, interesting, we were going through Alpha and Redverse, and they asked this question to everyone on the street, and the number of people who go to Google for life advice is absolutely amazing. And they kind of had to explain themselves, well, I... <laughs> I just look at all the answers and pick the one I, I like the best. I was like, oh, I don't think that's how advice works. Um, the reason I'm not expounding on any of these is because um, there's some people in this world that would completely disagree with you. There's, well, I mean, maybe not the psych ward. Maybe we're kind of all unilaterally on agreement on that. But there's some people who do believe that social media is a good spot. There are some people who do believe politicians are a good and trustworthy spot. There are some people who do believe that 
uh, the local bar and Google are good spots. And uh, <coughs> again, I'm not commenting because I'll get myself into trouble. But uh, it is important for us as we go through life, as we so often hit these crossroads where we need that advice, we need some direction, that we find good sources. And if I would have asked you what it's a good source, you would have been all good Sunday school students and said, Jesus, right? Like that's the one that we want, and we all know that's the right answer. But this morning I want to unpack what it means to get direction and wisdom from God. What does it mean to seek God's direction for our life? Because I think sometimes the way that we approach getting advice from the world and the way we approach getting advice from God is very different. And so we're going to take some time and unpack it. But by recap of our series, like I said, there's been this underlying theme And it's so important for us to grasp what we've been talking about for the first three weeks so that we really appreciate what we're going to talk about this morning. And the underlying theme comes from Matthew 6. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Most translations say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will give you and he will meet all of your needs. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's really important for us to understand this because in order for us to find God, we need to be where God is and we need to do what God is doing. In the same way, nobody here, except for Michelle, wakes up in their house and starts yelling, looking for me, right? Like, nobody does that. Nobody sta- wakes up and like, Matt, I have a question. I'm not there. I'm there when Michelle wakes up, but that's the only one. Right? If you want to seek me out for advice or for direction, you need to go where I am. And chances are throughout the week I'm here or I'm at home. If it's summer, you might find me at the golf course. And, when, and if you were to find me at the golf course, you don't show up at the golf course with your hockey stick. You don't show up with your rifle. You show up with your golf clubs, right? Because if you show up and I'm on the third hole and you're like, Matt, I want to do something else. No, I paid good money. I'm already vested. I'm not leaving the golf course, right? You want to spend time with me, you're going to have to jump on the golf course with me. In the same way, I'm going to trigger every hunter in here. The same way, if you had the buck of your dreams that you've been hunting down for the last two years in your crosshairs, and I roll up behind you in my super loud truck and lay on the horn... I may end up in your crosshairs, right? Like, that is a very real scenario. Why? Because I'm not doing what you're doing. In fact, I'm disrupting what you are trying to do. And the same thing applies for when we are seeking God. If we want to seek God, we need to be where God is, and we need to be doing what God is doing. And last week, we were reminded of the fact that we are called to seek the lost and seek the hurting. Why? Because God seeks the lost and hurting. It's what the parable of the shepherd who leaves the 99 to find the one is all about, right? He leaves the flock, he leaves the comfort, (coughs) and in his radical love, he goes and he finds the one who is lost, the one who is hurt. And that's God's business. Why? Because this is his method of growing the kingdom. He doesn't just grow healthy people. He goes and he finds the lost and the sick and the hurting, and he brings them home. This is his growth plan, and this needs to be our growth plan. This needs to be our approach. We need to be in step with what God is doing, 
and when we are about our Father's business, because God is a Heavenly Father, and we do it well, God is a good God who does not withhold His love. He's going to encourage us. He's going to speak His approval over us. Romans says that with a changed heart, He's going to praise us, and we saw lots of moments where God speaks His approval over His people. Why? Those people he's speaking approval of are in step with what God is trying to accomplish in the world. And we talked about this, right? We're seeking, whose praise are you seeking? Who, and, it's indi- and whose praise you're seeking is indicative of what you are prioritizing in your life. You want to find God? You need to be about God's business. And what is God's business? God is in the business of growing the kingdom. He's in the people business of hunting down the hurting and the lost so they can fi- be found and find healing. You want to find God? You need to be doing what God is doing. You need to be where God is. (coughs) So this morning, as we talk about seeking God's direction and God's wisdom, it should come as no surprise that God said, that Proverbs says this, Proverbs 3, 6, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Seek his will in all you do. I think one of the problems is (coughs) is that often when we seek God's direction, we come at it from the perspective of, God, I'm going this way. God, this this is the plan, and I want you to bless me in it. I want you to show me where the landmines are. I want you to, this is where we're going. And all the while, God's like, but I have this plan for the world. I have this plan for your community and for your family. And I, I have a plan for you, actually. And, and, it, and it's over here. And if you come alongside me and you come alongside my plan and come alongside my will, there's great blood. But we're like, but, 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 but I prayed about it. This is where I want to go. It's, <clears throat> and it's, it's this pride thing that starts to rise up because it's all about me it, it comes back it actually comes back to the tables right this whole i i, I don't want to participate i don't want to grow i don't want to become more i just want to come sit down shut up listen to the sermon and go well, that's not what church is all about that's not what god's all about it's not all about you it's not about your will and god just needs to fit into your model it's actually about god's will and his plan and his purposes and us come alongside and walking in step with him and as we come alongside, God shows us which path to take. He gives us the blessings and the gifts and the things that we need to walk in purpose, to walk in confidence with the will and the purpose that he's laid out for us. Romans 12.2 says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And this is the problem, right? God gave us this wonderful gift of free will. And the problem was that our free will has been corrupted by sin. And so our free will tends to pick what is contrary to the Spirit, what is contrary to God. And the struggle for everybody, but especially for Christians, is to lay down that free will and take up God's will. To say, God, I, I know you've given me the power to choose. I know you've given me the, the ability to think for myself. But I also recognize that I have this sinful nature in me that tends to cause me to go off the path. It also causes me to just kind of wander away from what you want. So God, I'm laying down my free will and just giving you the reins saying, God, take the wheel. Because I just keep messing it up. 
Paul says this too, right? Why is it that I do the things I don't want to do and the things I do want to do is the things I don't do? Which is really confusing. But it's just like Paul knows what the right thing to do is, but he knows that there's this thing in him, his sin nature, that keeps pulling him back to the things he doesn't want to do. And thank God he's placed his spirit in us so that we have the strength we have the ability to choose to follow god we have the ability to put that free will aside and say you know what god i'm choosing you and thank you for your spirit thank you for the wisdom that is in me to make that choice <coughs> but this is the tension this is why when we get to verses like matthew 7 7 to 8 it says keep on asking you'll receive what you ask for keep on seeking and you'll find keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. And we, we read passages like this, but I've been asking for a long time. I've been seeking for a long time. I feel like I've been knocking for a long time. What's the deal? We start to question the verses like this. We start to have a tough time with verses like this because it feels like we've been sitting here, you know, the same spot for a long time long time god it feels like i'm asking why am i not receiving god i feel like i'm seeking why am i not finding and i would say i think it comes down to this whole pride thing and i think james says it the best james 4 says this <coughs> starting in verse 1 what is causing the quarrels and fights among you don't they come from evil desires that war within you what you want, you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, so you don't, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. And yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. And before I comment on that, I want to read Psalm 10:4. The wicked are too proud to seek God. They seem to think that God is dead. James 1 to 4. James outlines the fact that we have this sin nature and it causes us to act in this way that's contrary to God. But he asks, but he goes on to say that there is these, yeah, essentially asks two questions of every believer, everyone who's asking God for something, everyone who's seeking God for direction in some part of their life. And it starts off by asking question number one. He says, are you really asking? In the end of verse two, he says, you don't have because you don't ask. You don't have because you don't ask. And sometimes I think we think we're asking, or maybe our mindset is the fact, well, God already knows what I want. I shouldn't have to ask anyways. God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself. It's kind of like, you know, your kid is sitting there watching a movie, and he's doing this, or she's doing this. You know what she needs to do. She needs to go to the bathroom. And you just like, go. She, but she's you know it. You know what she needs. She knows what she's, she needs. She's always waiting for you to pause it, and you could sit there and wait for her to ask. <laughs> okay, I don't want to clean up the mess. Boop, and then boop. That way they go, right? You know what's going on. You know what's happening, and sometimes you just want to wait till they ask. Well, God's the same way. Can God move? Yes. Can God do something? Yes, but 
this expectation, well, God already knows he's just going to do it anyway. No, 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 no. That's really, that's actually a really arrogant thing to say. The humble, proper thing to say would be like, God, you know the situation, but God, I'm asking you to move. Father, I need you to intervene. Father, I need some insight right now because I, I don't know what's going on and I don't know what to do next. Father, move. So question number one is, are you really asking? Or are you just expecting God to move because he's the cosmic vending machine that just knows everything and is supposed to act because you will it? It's a big difference between those two things. Are you really asking? And number two is, are you asking for it? Number, t- number one is, are you asking? Number two, why are you asking? What is the purpose? What is the desire? What is driving you to seek this thing? What is driving you to ask for fill in the blank? <coughs> right? Because, and I'll give you this scenario. It seems to be coming up a lot. Okay, so I'm talking to um, a husband, and the marriage is going through a tough time, and um, a husband's like, um, well, I've been praying that she would be happy, you know, with that kind of tone, too. I'm like, Ugh. But why are you, well, because if she's happy, then I'm less stressed. Okay, your motive's all wrong. Because you made it about you. You want a healthy marriage? Pray for your wife to be happy because she's your wife and you love her and you, who cares what impact it has on you? You pray for your spouse, you pray for, fill in the blank, but what is the motive? Because if God's will and desire and plan is headed in this direction to the benefit of the community, to the benefit of the world, to the benefit of your family, if this is where it is, but your desire is somewhere over here, we should not be expecting an answer because our motives are all wrong. Whose kingdom does it build? Whose comfort does it build? Whose purposes does it fulfill? And this is the question we need to ask. Because one is riddled with pride. And this is, the, this is why I read the Psalm 10 passage. We often will dismiss it because it starts off with the wicked. Well, I'm not wicked. I'm a good person. Right? Like that's the default setting. So we ignore the rest. So get rid of the wicked. And look at the people that the psalmist is describing. These people <clears throat> are too proud to seek God. These people live, seem to think God is dead. Why would he say something like they seem to think God is dead? They're living in a way that suggests that God has no influence on their life. Right? So they, <coughs> they speak a certain way. They act a certain way. There's no reverence. You, if you're living in a way that's reverential before God Almighty, it's evident. People will see it. So they, when the psalmist says they seem to think God is dead, it's because they're walking and living and acting in a way that suggests that there is no God. Scripture often talks about how he, God rejects the proud, which is this realm, and gives grace to the humble. Why? Because the humble are willing to lay down their life. They're willing to lay down their will and say, God, it's your will. Show me your will. Which brings us back to the Proverbs 3, 6. <gasps> Seek his will, and he will show you which path to take. 
So whose will are you seeking? Whose, <clears throat> whose plans are you really trying to live out? You, which why do you need to work out? And this is one of the most humbling things I think anybody has to do is we need to just pause and be like, who's really sitting on the throne of my life? Whose kingdom am I really building? I think we miss the point that when we get caught up in God's kingdom, we realize that we are part of that kingdom. Revelation talks about how the saints are going to rule in God's new kingdom. Building God's kingdom is in essence building your kingdom, a better kingdom, one that comes in submission and in in step with what God is trying to accomplish. But we lose sight of that and we start working on this one. And this is the one that gets swept away in the storm and the floods and the rising waters. And this is the one built on sand. But this is the one I can touch and this is the one I can feel and this is the one that that meets my needs now. Yeah, but it's going to all fade away. If you're seeking God's direction... If you're seeking God's wisdom for something that's going on in your life, it starts by submitting to, God, what is your will for my life? God, what are you trying to accomplish in my community? What are you trying to accomplish in my, God, not my will, but yours be done. I think this is so important why we need to, we should start every day with the Lord's Prayer because those words are so important our father the reminder that god is close that god is loving that god wants what's best for you hallowed be thy name you are holy you are cut above you are elevated your kingdom come not mine i lay down my kingdom i want your kingdom to come i want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven and in order for god's will to be accomplished we need to lay down our own. One of the biggest things that gets in the way of our seeking God and seeking His direction is pride. And pride so easily sneaks in and gets in the way of what God is trying to do and accomplish in our lives. <clears throat> this morning I want to close a little bit different. There's no questions this morning. There's no discussion. And I moved prayer from earlier till now. I'm going to put 2 Corinthians 7.14 up on the screen. This is a verse that I, many of you probably know. If you don't, this is a good one to keep in mind. First, Chronicle, First Chronicles, I said 1 Corinthians. 1 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face, pray, and turn from their wicked ways, I would hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. So God has revealed his will for us and our land in that verse. He says he wants to forgive, which we can all probably get behind the fact that our little country needs some forgiveness right now. And we can probably all get behind the fact that our country needs some healing right now. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of devastation. There's a lot of things going on in our country that, and God is saying the pathway through which I will accomplish this is if my people, not if the whole country, but if those who are called by my name. Guess what? You meet the bill. 
So smart, and I'm going to put the verse up, and I want you to take a moment, and I want you to read it through, I want you to pray through it, and I want, I invite you to take time this morning to seek God's face. And be like, God, I know my country is hurting. I know my community is hurting. I know, God, that there is sin rampant. And so I am coming as a bearer of your name and crying out to you, God, heal my land. God, forgive our sins. (coughs) And maybe over the course of it, God reveals some stuff in your own life that you need to work through. And that's fine. You, the point is to create space for the Spirit to take you where the Spirit needs to take you. To not rush, to not speed off, but to just sit, to read through the verse as many times as you need to. You can open it in your Bible, you can read some context if you have to. But let this verse sink in and let the Spirit guide you how to pray as you work through it. So, with that, uh, I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to put the verse up, and we're going to close with this. Everyone at home, I invite you to do the same. The verse is going to stay up for a bit, but I would invite you to pray through it. Let the Spirit move and guide you, speak to you as you, uh, as you pray through it. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that we would humble ourselves as your people. And God, that we put aside our will, that we put aside our kingdoms, put aside our worries, and God, that we would come into step with what you want to do in our country. Come into step with what you want to do in our province. God, that y- your desire is not to destroy, but to forgive and to heal. And so, God, we're inviting you in, in, in this moment to bring the healing, to bring the forgiveness, God, because our country is so broken and hurting and sin is rampant and so we are taking the mantle as your believers as your sons and daughters and crying out on behalf of our country saying god move do what only you can do i pray this not only in our country but in our lives in our families in our communities god that this would become our heart that we would put aside not that we need to ignore what's going on in our own life, but God, that we would come and step with what the bigger picture, the bigger movement, the bigger thing that you were trying to accomplish. God, heal our land. God, forgive our leaders. God, stir in our hearts a desire to stand in the gap and to do what you've called us to do. Spirit, lead and guide us. Even if we don't sure what we're supposed to be doing, may we just breathe and be sensitive to your voice as you lead us. I pray this in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Here's the verse. I'm going to invite Clay to play play some music and uh, take some time and just pray through this verse.